Episode number 196 of this show on the internet called Final Boss TV. I am your host of said show. My name is Adam K, a.k.a. Bay, and today is the Assassination Rogue show, or the Poison Boy or Bleedy Lad show, or the Sin Rogue show, or the, the my favorite, it's the Sassy Rogue show. That is the name I was told a while ago that was trying to get trending within the rogue community. It's called them Sass Rogues. I don't know, chat, you can give me your best what you call assassination, or of course the YouTube comments let me know as well what you refer to this rogue spec as. But of course, this show would be nothing without the support that I have been given by some special nerds and ladies over on the show's Patreon page. This is actually last month's patrons. We're making a new credits uh, card suit. I've been gone at the Classic Race to World first, and some things have slipped through the cracks, but thank you very much those for supporting the show the stream, and everything in between so that I can continuously produce and curate this crazy wild ride on the internet. And of course, if you want more of the live show, there are more podcasts. There are like 60 plus more of these. There's behind the scenes notes. There is apparel every couple of months. A whole bunch more of that is over on the show's Patreon page. You can scroll down through that if you unlocked one of the tiers. We have one of the uh, the BTS Hangouts coming soon with an integration into Twitch now because I can actually do subscriber-only streams on Twitch. So I'll be able to start doing those for you guys, having AMAs and sit-downs and asking all the questions and prepping new shows in the future with your feedback. If you would like to help me out with that, check out the links down below the stream. But of course, if you've been living under a rock and don't know and more on this later on in the show, Final Boss TV is now partnered and sponsored by Corsair. So if you have any things you need to look at, bits and bobs and parts and pieces for your upcoming build, then you can go check out Corsair. Also, links down below. Yeah, I hit the wrong button there, but that was a bit of a tease. We have new guests on the show today. However, returning to keep keep the show afloat and keep everything, you're here to make sure everyone is in order. Right? Koji is back. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Now, you're here to make sure these these new rogues don't say anything wrong, correct? Oh, yeah. I got to keep them um, in line. Okay. They're, they're, they're Mythic Plus boys, so, you know, they, they can get out there a little bit. <laughs> well, wait. You and I are on a jar, but they both have a jar down. Is that correct? I, uh, yep. ignoring, <laughs> ignoring that. Yeah. <laughs> For a few uh, weeks. Oh, for a few weeks. And then there is Selly over here. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello. Your cat's there. The star of the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Now, Mythic Plus Boy comment. Do you have any comebacks to, to Koji on that one? No, not really. I mean, you already mentioned that, you know, we have a shower down already. So uh, we'll be waiting. Mm, yeah. Koji and I are a little bit behind. And then Flawless pulling up the caboose. Hello, sir. Welcome. Thanks for having me. We can kind of hear you within your smoke bomb right now. Can you hear us? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anything you wanted to give to Koji? Any any final jabs considering that he called you a Mythic Plus boy? Uh, can you link your achievement? <laughs> Wait, which one? 
I'm sorry. Oh. Are they are they ashamed of being Mythic Plus boys? I don't think mm. they should be, right? I like to consider myself both. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's very reductive in, in its description. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you did anything with the MDI though, right? You just pushed big keys, but you haven't uh made that big jump to do the MDI? Flawless or not interesting? Uh, no, I I just don't really want to spend hours and hours in dungeons practicing. Imagine practicing Siege of Morales for 12 hours. Well, you know, that comes with the gig. But then you get all the prestidigitation on the internet for doing big keys and everyone knows about it. And to be to be clear, both Flawless and, and Sally have like 2021s right now, currently in this season. That's like, hmm. I do like 17s and 18s, and I'm like, I'm done. That's it. I'm good. <laughs> That's all I want to do. But yeah, I haven't done too much this season. I I think I've done a lot higher in the previous ones relative to the top. But, oh. yeah. Well, we'll go back to you, Mr. Caboose. Flawless, what do you do in this whole corner of the world of Warcraft? How long have you been doing said dabbling? Have you always played Rogue? I've been playing Rogue since the end of HFC, so quite some time, not as much as some other people. Um, I kind of just fell in love with the spec from there, or the class. Okay. And then, we talked about this before the show started, but uh, you would consider yourself a bit of a rogue guinea pig, is that correct? Yeah, I, I consider myself that. Fair enough. And... Sully, what about you as well? Also, half of the fresh meat on the Rogue show today. What do you dabble in in World of Warcraft? How long have you been part of said dabbling? So, basically, like, high-end PvE is what I'm mostly interested in. I used to play a lot of PvP, like, 10, 12 years ago in TPC. Uh, I've been playing Rogue since release of the game, basically. Uh, then played some arenas, but always enjoyed raiding. Um, like, the team effort is very nice. To, to overcome like certain obstacles as a as a large group, and then yeah, that stuck around. The PvP thing hasn't, and now I basically focus only on a plus and on on raiding. Are you playing Rogue and Classic right now? Uh, no, I'm actually playing Warlock because like I felt like I already played Rogue and Classic, so why would I do it again? And yeah, so branching you... out a little bit. Yeah. Don't want to you... overdo it. I uh, rogue turncoat falls. Are you playing classic at all right now? Are you playing classic rogue? I, yeah, I'm playing classic rogue. I can't. I gotta stick to the rogue, man. I'm only like level forty-eight though. I haven't played too too much. All right, big big Papa Koji has to show him up. What level is your rogue in classic? I yeah, I'm kind of not playing rogue in classic. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I have a good reason. I I went back. I want I I wanted to play my first character again, so I went back to playing Druid, which was my my very very first launch tune. So I'm playing Feral Druid, which is basically a rogue. Eh. I get combo points. You can't put bleeds up in raids though. That mm. that is true. That's unfortunate. But but you I... get to do like cool power shifting stuff. And actually, the Feral rotation is kind of cool in classic. Now. Are you going to farm Mecha or Nomragon forever? Forget that stupid mace. Yeah, probably. Ugh. Definitely, yeah. definitely on my top three, 
dungeons that I don't ever want to do. So it's not <laughs> not ideal. Eventually, though, when you're level sixty, you do, I'm gonna it, make is... a rogue. I, I I had a rogue alt oh. in classic. I had a rogue and a mage alt back in the day. So I plan on doing that again. Okay. Rogue's fun. And just to reiterate for those of the internet that may not have been here since the previous shows you've been on, what do you dabble in in this corner of the World of Warcraft, sir? Yeah, so I work with uh, Missler and Fu on, on simulation craft implementation, a lot of theory crafting for the rogue community for primarily outlaw and assassination. Uh, Fu and Missler handle the sub stuff. Uh, so we, we do a lot of APL work, uh, do programming work for SimCraft and answer questions in assassination and outlaw channels as they come up. So like, I like doing a little bit of Mythic Plus, but this season hasn't been that interesting to me so been focusing on rating and uh classic yeah i was going to bring up that mistler has is what is coagulated the wowhead guide for example i have pulled up over here that we'll reference a few times but uh apparently mistler just plays subtlety rogue so we have a whole different brew of rogues across the board that really fall in love with a certain spec and definitely play one but Again, it's like a community effort to make these guides. It's not just like one person writes everything in particular. And Gorek, I see you. Calm down. This. <laughs> wow! 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 <laughs> Whoa! Schmitz got dodged. Gorek is doing his Gorek things. Thank you, sir. Yep. Absolute dodged. Yeah, Missler's guides uh, are really solid. I mean, I, I think he circulates them to a lot of us to review, and I, I never had any problems with it. I had some, had some really minor feedback, but he knows the class really well. He just really likes uh, the sub-play style and likes focusing yeah. on that in-game. So that's the, the first major topic I wanted to bring up here. Play styles and the difference between people and, oh, Schmitz had evasion up. There we go, the Twitch Prime. <laughs> Is... There, speaking about Assassin Rogue in particular, there is this, we talked about it before in Legion, we talked about the overall Rogue show, and now that every single spec gets their own show, the, the opening bit is that you either are a poison boy or you're a bleed lad, because there's like a bleed build and a poison build within the architecture of the Assassination Rogue, and it's kind of this spec that has a bit of an identity crisis, where Blizzard wants you to have a little bit of both, but then you basically have to go like all one way or all the other way, which I don't know if that's evolved or changed at all. We're currently sitting in BFA and patch 8.2, but Koji, going back from like the, the journey of the rogue, and you'll all be able to weigh in on this, is there anything that you think of in the good, the bad, the ugly of how the rogue has went through? Are there iterations in the past for assassinates that have been better than what we currently have? Is this current like bleed versus poison hierarchy good for the rogue or just scrap it, Blizzard? Just stop this nonsense. What is your thought on the dev journey of the assassination rogue? Yeah, I mean, I think the overarching theme is the dot, dot spec. So, you know, they tried to integrate both bleeds and poisons together, which I think works in general. I, you know, there have been this these different periods of time where exsanguinate versus toxic blade has been a thing, uh, especially towards the early parts of BFA, um, you could really make exsanguinate pretty strong, mostly because of the weird snapshotting behavior of the haste. 
So if you used it with Gale Colors Boon, you could snapshot the haste over the whole duration of the exsanguinated dot, which made it really strong when Gale Colors was like the go-to trinket. Mm -hmm. Now that we're kind of moving away from that and the raid trinkets are really strong, that's that's kind of fallen behind. And also a lot of the new traits and new essences don't really have as much synergy with the bleed build at all. Um, whereas Toxic Blade buffs a lot of the strong Azerite traits like Double Dose and Twist the Knife and has a lot of interactions with other things. So it's just more flexible. Um, it's kind of weird that we have to choose between both. Uh, I don't think it quite works. Uh, I think they maybe had a better idea going, you know, like earlier towards Legion when they were experimenting with other types of poisons other than just having deadly poison. I think maybe it was a more interesting distinction to make, but now it's not quite as big of a deal. I'm pulling up the Azerate traits here in the Wowhead guide as well, just to sort of go on. I know I've seen, is there like a, yeah, if you have your how many, up to three, at least one, up to three, up to three, one, if engineer, up to three, up to three. So there's a lot of stacked. You only have one one-point wonder, maybe two one-point wonders. This was back in the day with Laser Matrix or Archive, but yeah, you, you, I guess it's tough because we're sort of not able to, we are specced based off of Azerite traits now because there are a tier bonuses essentially, right? And that's sort of how the game was back in the day in previous expansions with tier bonuses. Every tier you might sort of change your build and depending on when you caught shows at Legion or Warlords or Mop, depending on what spec was prominent based on what tier bonuses was the best and if you're like, two and four piece bonuses or two, two and two, which we saw hunters do last expansion or some wackiness that sort of does determine your build. But yeah, I mean, even nothing personal you can stack if you have it available, it's actually a pretty strong trait, oh. even for ranks two and three for yeah. toxic blade builds. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's, it's still actually pretty strong, but that's still poison focused again. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is there anything, how about, Sally, anything you, you what are your thoughts on the dev journey? How because you've been playing since the beginning for Rogue, you I didn't actually, have any kitty cat stuff first, you was Rogue all the way. Yeah, I actually don't even remember assassination all that much, like going back into into Mists or Warlords because I think combat was just the dominating spec there. Like coming out of Cataclysm, we had subtlety, like obviously being the by far best spec out of any DPS specs, and then we went into, into Mists and Warlords. I think I mostly played combat during those times because it was very fun and enjoyable to play. And yeah, as Koji already said, like at the beginning of Legion, we had Agonizing Poison, which just straight up buffed all your damage wherever it came from, um, which I felt was kind of interesting because it had like implications for multi-target versus single target. Where if there was a, a single target situation, you had like this one poison that would boost your damage on that one target. And then for AOE situations, you just swap your poison, which was like a one and a half second cast, I think, if you if you glyphed it. Uh, I think there was a glyph for that. And so it was fairly fairly easy to swap poisons to go from like a single target to a, to a multi-target situation, which was kind of reminiscent of warrior stances. Mm. And I really like that. And right now it's just things work together pretty well. I think the bleed and the poison part of the of the spec interact with each other. Like you need both of them to uh, to be efficient, and they tried to make bleed like more valuable by by incorporating like haste scaling and um, having mastery effect 
affect bleeds as well, not just poisons. But ultimately, it just falls flat, in my opinion, because there's just no good Azerite traits for bleeds. Like, we have one for, for Garot, which only works like once every two minutes uh, when you use Vanish. And other than that, there's no, no Azerite trait that really boosts your damage significantly enough for Exsanguinate or the bleed build in general to just be, be a good choice. Yeah, part of it is because Exsanguinate itself is a very weirdly awkward ability, and it doesn't quite work how people would expect it to work, uh, because it kind of like just compresses your dot. Um, doesn't really do anything with like the shrouded suffocation trait. Doesn't like boost its value at all. So you have a you have a bleed talent, or really the only bleed talent, just doesn't actually interact with the only good bleed essence so there's just not really a very good synergy there at all hmm. there's just no they... scaling factor yeah. for bleeds right now i think if they added like percent damage onto bleeds with the the build would be much more viable mm -hmm. but yeah you kind of need both right now for you know to play assassination like there's no I don't think identifying as like a bleed boy or poison boy is that much of a thing anymore. I think you just they just go hand in hand right now, for the most part, outside of like one talent. Okay, but how about are there any major pieces of the past that you would like to see returned to the assassination rogue? And I'm going with you on this one first, flawless, because you're already here. Uh, Kingsbane. <laughs> I think that was that made things a lot more interactive, single target. And it was just a very fun ability to play with. How would walk me through how would you actually integrate that? Like what what did it do for the rotation in, in particular? Um you would just have more like like it was just like an extra dot that you kind of pulled for. So it it was more interactive in the rotation. It was just another ability to press. Okay. Whereas, like, now things are just kind of, like, you just toxic blade and cooldown and that's it kind of thing. No, there's hmm. no there's no timing window for anything. Because like, you're, you're basically talking about assassination and a lesser extent in some degree, depending on procs, subtlety rogue, to my understanding. You both kind of pool. Like, you build to, and you wait for your energy to come back up, and then you, like, kind of burst, and you kind of go back up again. So it's like a teeter-totter. But I guess well, things, it's not much of a thing anymore. You kind of tears. just hit, hit things on cooldown. Okay. And that's the rotation. Yeah, I mean the the you kind of pool by default with assassination because the energy regen outside of vendetta is so low that you sure. don't really have any choice. Okay. Um so the only time you really actively pool right now is like maybe right before Toxic Blade is coming up because you want to be able to fit in like as many envenoms as you can in that window right but it's really not a major consideration because you just don't actually have much latitude to do it i mean what he was saying about kingsbane i i absolutely agree with because it was a good like medium duration cooldown um especially towards the end when we got the the final gold trait uh would basically reduce the cooldown uh based on procs so in practice, it ended up being like a 20-odd second cooldown, and I think that's something the spec really needs. It needs that extra like short burst uh, cooldown that you have to you know, use your brain power for, because right now it's all just about what you can fit in efficiently to your Vendetta windows every two minutes. Hmm. 
Is there anything you want to see return in particular, Koji? Like, or are you all just the King's Bane thumbs up? I'm uh, King's Bane is a big thumbs up for me. I think they could do some, you know, agonizing poison was kind of cool. I it's it's hard to reach too far back. I was looking when you brought up the question on the prep doc, like yeah. there wasn't a lot in say classic, for example, because <laughs> a lot of the assassination stuff was fairly passive and it was built around crits and a lot of the actually a lot of the stuff in the assassination tree is just baseline now uh so you know cold blood would maybe be the only thing which we have as a pvp talent right now oh. i actually think some of the pvp talents we have for assassination right now would be kind of interesting if they brought them into pve um mm. like system, a, shock, would be really system nice. shock i was gonna say is, is pretty interesting you know there, there's some opportunities there to add some more mechanics that would maybe get you thinking a little bit more in that down, like non-vendetta downtime. I think that's the main focus of, of something that we're looking for. Hmm. I'm actually, I was just tabbing around in Wowhead as well. And we talk about, and this whole topic about the whole like bleed versus poison. And I just wanted to see what you guys had written in the guide and what you had talked about. And in the tabs, there's the poison build and the bleed build. I'm gonna sir if chat notices the difference. The right is the poison build and the bleed build. <laughs> it just no, moves. Notice how even the poison build doesn't pick master poison yeah. up as it happens right now. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it just moves a sanguinate and toxic blade. It's it. Master assassin just yeah. switches master assassin and you keep toxic blade. But like this is really not a this is this is a topic for later on. It's kind of like hinting at how the show's gonna go later on, though. Yeah, master poisoner, Pepe hands. But but uh, Sally, you're the last one up. Anything you like to see return? Uh, I would definitely second the Kingsbane uh, choice. Uh, for me, it's and like we already talked about, like multiple poisons. I think that was a very interesting yeah. decision. Uh, and one thing that I would really like to return is like all kinds of abilities that use combo points in like other other ways, whether it was uh, or or energy, like in our resources in general, whether it was burst of speed or uh, recuperate as a as a heal as a constant heal not just the cooldown one that we have right now um we had deadly throw as a, as a ranged finisher so to say we had yeah a bunch of different abilities that use our combo points because right now like basically like every spec has like two abilities one that is like high maintenance and then like one that's just damage so there's not really that much difference going on between the three specs even and I think having like a little bit more flavor through additional abilities that use combo points would be kind of nice. I wonder, that's the question that always keeps coming back up. And that's why Koji even went through and looked at the old stuff in, in Classic for Rogue, how much of that is just baseline now. Is mm. There's going to be some influence, I'm sure, that will trickle over because the devs that made Vanilla are not the devs that are making the current retail game. So 9.0 may or may not see crazy shakeup. I'm not going to know if we're going to see that kind of shakeup or just like systematic ones. But that's BlizzCon is what? how many days away? 47, 46 days away. We'll find out because we're going to know about 8.3. We're going to find out about 9.0. We're going to find out about a whole bunch of stuff. And mm. this expansion, as, as the wind always sort of starts to pick this up on every every BlizzCon, or at least in case, every other BlizzCon, as they have now been historically every other is a WoW BlizzCon, we're going to know where we're going next year. Because the next expansion, although it's still kind of far away, it's next August. 
everyone keeps saying it's so soon, but that's next hmm. August is 9.0, most likely. How about, though, any parts of the Assassination Rogue right now, starting off with Flawless again, that you'd like to see just go poof, gone? Is there anything um, you would totally go away? No reason to have it. I don't think there's any particular thing that I would get rid of. I think if I was to absolutely choose one thing, it'd probably be Poison Bomb. But oh. I think right now the spec just needs to... You need to add things, not take it away. Why Why Poison Bomb? You don't like the... What chance is it to... 4% per combo point to smash, so 20% chance, 24% chance. You know, you don't like RNG elements on a huge portion of your damage? You, you, you don't like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> just just wondering if that's what we're we're I'm picking up what you're putting down here. You mean or you like it when it's the the combo point that you finish on and as the mobs move your poison bomb drops and the mobs are transitioning to the next. Yeah. There, there that, that's go. great. There when I'm in mythic plus we we pull big and it's all grouped up and then he has to start kiting and I get a poison bomb proc. Mm. It's the worst feeling. Ever. I'm still I I said this on the last show. I'm yeah. I'm convinced that tanks purposefully monitor <laughs> poison bomb procs because guaranteed tank movement as soon as that green circle goes down mm. it's gotten a lot better though i would say it is better it like is... higher proc chance lower damage lower duration and it's just less it makes up less of your overall dps especially on single target it was it's really... definitely just... worse it's definitely better than it was in legion in legion it would be like you know like around 10 percent of your overall damage on single mm -hmm, target mm -hmm. like varying on rng but now it's just like it's a lot less a little bit more consistent but if i was to choose one thing it'd definitely be that i think the spec just needs to add more instead of take it away okay yeah i agree with that i think uh i think it's less that poison bomb is a problem right now because i think it is a lot better than legion with the higher proc chance and lower duration i think it's more like it feels weird that the other aoe options on that tier like hidden blades and crimson tempest aren't very good and there's really not any major situations where you would consider taking them over poison bomb and because poison bomb is just completely passive there's just no gameplay there like yep. it's great yeah. when it procs a lot but you have no control over it and it would feel so much better if like you know you can keep your sure. keep your you know your holding for hidden blades right for some big damage spike on ad spawns or something like that i mean it would be cool but it's just not tuned aggressively enough right now hmm. yeah blizzard is very keen which is why i wonder if this talent mastery system right the mop talent rows are actually going to go away in 9.0 because it's very much that the left column in any spec they want Blizzard wants this like super passive, easy to play play style. But as more and more people and are just like spreading their opinions upon this out into the the webway, a lot of that like just super passive gameplay is not very fun for many players of this game. And the whole left column, if you take it all, is all passives normally for as so many specs. And it's like the easy tree. But again, BlizzCon soon yeah it's soon i think 
I think there's one thing that I would like to see a li at least a little bit tuned down for assassination, and that is like how important Vanish is as a DPS cooldown. Oh yeah, this one again. Compared to to the other two specs, uh, it's still it's still a DPS increase to use it, but like if you hold it because you want to have this reset for for some reason, whether it's to pull mobs away so that your group can pass in a in a mythic dungeon, and then you know you vanish and you you get past uh, past the mobs yourself. Um, the other specs can do that without like giving up a lot of their DPS, but as an assassination rogue, like it's always a pretty significant loss, especially on multi-target. Not having vanish because you need to save it to, for a skip or something, that just that just hurts. And in general, like I was never a big fan of like utility abilities being part of your DPS, whether it's a demon hunter who had to fell rush around for momentum, and like in this case with rogues, like vanish as a DPS cooldown. We used to have tricks of the trade as a DPS cooldown, like that was, that was weird, and yeah, I would like to see that a little bit toned down. I don't know how, honestly, but that was even if that's uh, something. Then yeah, that, that was even something that uh, Koji and the Rogues brought up in the Outlaw show is that because they can get true bearing and get cooldown reduction on Vanish, they get more of that slight DPS cooldown as their utility ability in the rotation. Maybe that's a very hmm. Rogue well, yeah, I mean... thing, but. For Outlaw, it's actually finally fallen out of the rotation. I think we oh. determined a couple of mm. weeks ago that it might actually be a DPS loss to to vanish mm. mid fight because ambush is so weak. <laughs> yeah. Which is honestly, it's great. Like it's what he's saying is absolutely true. Like there's a lot of freedom when you're playing Outlaw to use vanish to drop aggro, to save yourself, to maybe like. Uh, detarget yourself for a mechanic, something like that, where that's really useful utility. Yeah, and you absolutely can't use that with assassination. There's no way you lose so much damage in your vendetta cycles for dropping vanish or at a different time. Plus, it's always going to be on cooldown anyway. So it it's an, it's unfortunate. I I don't I agree that I don't really like how that feels, but it's hard to balance that really. Yeah. So then. Here's the big chunky topic. It came up in chat a few minutes ago, but we have to do it. We have two Mythic Plus boys. One is a one trick and one is a, a guinea pig. Flawless, we can't have this show without some bants about the Mythic Plus power and utility points, which in contradiction, in contrast to what we just talked about, Rogues are also like really good in this game and they're never bad. And if you ever want to play a melee class that always gets brought to raids, you just play a rogue. But that's mostly because of your utility toolkit. Unless you bring Mythic Plus into the discussion right now, because then both become a huge thing. And the question that my Discord was going to ask you is how do you feel about being forced to play Outlaw? But apparently, you've got big keys done on every rogue spec, so it's not just Outlaw. Maybe different in the MDI meta, but the first question about this Mythic Plus discussion is how do you nerf rogue utility to bring them back in line with other classes in the Mythic Plus environment or in raids? Because you were even nerfed going into this expansion. Faint was nerfed. You had Cloak of Shadows that was nerfed, but they gave you back Shroud. And then obviously Outlaw Rogue's prevalent, huge, ridiculous AoE, but that's been nerfed twice now. So like what 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 does Blizzard do? I think um I think rogue survivability is fine right now. Like if you compare it to DHs where 
Blur is a one-minute cooldown. It's one of the strongest defenses in the game. They take 20% reduced damage, pa magic damage passively, and they're just overall strong. So I think the other melee just need to be buffed in that sense. But as far as Mythic Plus, how you need to be nerfed is just remove Shroud, I think. There's just no way to balance that. Yeah. Well... So you're saying straight up remove Shroud, not give Shroud like an exhaustion, not give Shroud more classes, just gone. Either that or like have like a party wide thing, but that might be hard to implement. But adding it on to other classes, maybe reducing the cooldown it, like or increasing the cooldown, it's just going to want you to have to have more rogues. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it needs to be removed or like a party wide thing. Hmm. <laughs> I think like professions are a good solution to that. Like professions have fallen so out of like out of focus. And I mean we have the engineering commodores now that provides something like that. I think in, in terms of like all utility, professions are a good avenue to reintroducing them and allowing like more classes or like every class to have access to at least some utility. I remember we used like us like in Legion there was this one drink trinket, like the, the gnomish uh cloaking device. That was used by by tanks or other classes because it was basically like a shadow melt. Um, even though it was super low eye level, but the utility was so strong. And I think like giving engineering something like a mass inv invisibility, and as you suggested, uh, Bay with the, with the exhaustion debuff, so you don't stack people or like only one person can use it. So you have access to uh, to like a shroud once every ten minutes, for example. Uh, if you mess that one up, okay, then you know you got to pull the trash anyway. Yeah, I think that's a good solution. I don't think nerfing nerfing utility is the way to go. It's just it needs to be accessible to more classes. Mages already have mass invisibility in PvP. They just don't have it in PvE. Yeah, just as an example, where you know, like these types of abilities should just be available to more classes and not remove them from the game just because they're so useful. This is the this is a tough one that I talk about all the time because Blizzard really likes to have those special snowflakes, but then the higher end of balance, and we've seen it. The Mythic Plus, uh, MDI just kind of wrapped up this current season or this current junket before BlizzCon, but we saw a lot of the same specs over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's it's baffling to me that Resto Druid is still way up there and some of the comps because it was gutted so hard going from one expansion to the next, but the the early, what was it, a few weeks ago before the extra Outlaw Rogue nerfs, it was just tank healer, three Outlaw Rogues, which mm. is not what the community wants to see. <laughs> I'm sure the Rogues yeah, are I fine mean, with it. You know, <laughs> half the people playing uh, Rogues in MBR aren't even Rogue players. They're but, not! Yeah, so they're I don't not, know how, yeah. how exciting the Rogue more, more community was about. <laughs> oh, like. Uh. <laughs> the rogue community, I think, was a little disappointed that the the state of the MDI led to a lot of actual rogue players on live getting nerfed. So, ah, uh, <laughs> mm. but I mean, I'll let these guys speak to Mythic Plus about Shroud and stuff like that. But I actually think, you know, for raids, um, rogue survivab survivability has taken a massive hit compared to Legion. Um, it did, I actually, did. I actually think it's massively overrated. <laughs> it's like the biggest secret. About rogues right now is they they actually aren't that good at surviving unless they mm. play really well cheat death doesn't work on a lot of things anymore cloak simply just doesn't work on tons of things in raids faint is like 
50-50 if it actually works or not. It's every encounter, too, yeah. like every encounter you get into in a raid, you're like, okay, I'm going to test faint on everything that seems like an AoE ability and see if it actually works. And like, for example, like Arcing Current on Orgazoa. It's an AoE. It hits everybody in the raid that has a debuff. It doesn't work. This doesn't work. So which means we have no real uh, survivability cooldown on those fights unless you spec out of cheat death. Uh, so it, it's a weird situation where we we can get into, you know, evasion doesn't work on anything in raids really anymore, mm -hmm. uh, which means that assassination rogues actually don't have a generic cooldown. When fate, faint doesn't work on things, you're just at the mercy of whatever. And I think he, uh, uh, Flawless mentioned, I think, that like, for example, some classes have a lot of passive damage reduction for say magic damage or things like that yeah. rogues, don't, rogues don't have that either so you can get trucked pretty easily by a lot of these abilities if like faint doesn't work hmm. it's in terms of like damage taken i think rogue is up there with hunter and like enhancement shamans who at least have like a survivability cooldown but fast is just immunities and if those don't work then there's no mitigation whatsoever unless you keep spamming faint with like the talented version of it which, to be fair, is still pretty good. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, elusiveness is pretty. It's a pretty solid thing. It's really the only way for us to get a, a generic mitigation cooldown, and it has been used on a couple encounters by by some high end raiders. I think it's becoming more common. But giving up cheap cheat death is also <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it's just wild. Uh, Rogue was always this very elusively slippery kind of almost pvp oriented class for the earlier parts of the game uh many 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 expansions ago <clears throat> and it's it's weird to see that a lot of that is still very prevalent today but you bring up that like flawless said that he thinks rogues ability is finally in like a place that feels like fine but you have cheat death you have fate and elusiveness. You have evasion. You have your Estus flask now. You have. Uh, there are more tools. Like, I, I, I'm a shaman and a demon hunter. And yeah, I have one immunity, sort of. It's like 99% it's like DR. And then I have blur. And I have self healing. But I only have two abilities. And as a shaman, main primarily, I have one. Or I've improved death. Right? So. It's funny to see the, the arguments that come up when you have literally, any, and Sally, you brought up Hunter. Hunter has an immunity that also doesn't always work on things. Deterrence is like, I may be dead, right? And then they have faint nonsense a little bit, and they have one little heal. They have like a built-in health stone. Hmm. So it's tough. Yeah, Hunters have it the worst. Yeah, it, it's yeah. where Blizzard, there was someone that made this giant chart going into BFA of all the different survivability tools like across your entire class and or spec and there are some classes out there with like one or two and then rogue still had like five but it's weird yeah, I mean, that they've forced it, well my, my they forcibly made some of them not work yeah and that's where it gets really binary like yeah. on a fight where faint and cloak work properly mm. rogues have amazing survivability and then on a fight where they don't work rogue 
has no survivability benefits whatsoever. So it's like, it's really extreme. And I, and I know people in chat are, are very salty about when it does work. <laughs> <laughs> and Cloak can be super strong. And it's probably more strong in Mythic Plus because I think it works on more things than in raids where they're purposefully going in oh. and turning off a lot of mechanics. But there are just a number of fights where Cloak doesn't do anything in raids. And, you know, I'd rather have Blur than Faint, to be per perfectly honest. Yep. But, you know. Blur In 20% flat magic re reduced damage? Uh, 8%. Come on. 20. You madman. Well, <laughs> I guess when you factor all the versatility we stack right now, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like 18% verse, so 9% plus my passive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll give that to you. I think the... The thing that bothers me with Feint in particular is just that it's so inconsistent on what it works on like this. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, it's it's an AoE ability, it's a ground effect on the floor, and you step into it, and Feint doesn't work, and then on the next boss, it's the exact same mechanic, and it does work. I think that's like the... Like, having to experiment on, like, what your, when your, what your survivability works on is a little bit annoying I think in, like, a, a big... rating setup. A big mechanic example of that is Crushing Doubt from Crucible and Cabal. Originally, Faint didn't work on that, and they hotfixed it, didn't add it in the notes to where Faint now works on it. And I just find it interesting that the original iteration of not Faint not working, Rogue felt hopeless on that fight. And then you add us being able to Faint it, and we're suddenly like one of the best. So that's the last little closing point that I had on that too. It, it sounds like it depends on Mrs. This you know credit where credit is due and poking fun at this is all is all good sometimes, but it it's very much a spaghetti code as we're all familiar with because Koji, you brought up Orgazoa, the Orgazoa uh, AOE isn't really an AOE. It's every single yeah. person gets a single targeted hit. Versus like an yeah. arcane explosion style AOE that is a wave-based state effect that hits everyone at the same time based on range. Like that is what Fate works on, but it doesn't work on like the targeted stuff. But then certain things that are an AOE aren't made as an AOE. So then you can't... Yeah, I, I imagine that a lot of the... Like the cloak stuff not working is clearly intentional stuff because they're turning off immunity flags on abilities. But sure, I think Fate sure. being hit or miss is just... A lot of the time, implementation issues yeah. where it's implemented as a direct triggered damage, even though it, it functions as AoE. Super silly, but a little more lighthearted, or maybe not lighthearted discussion that we're going to have here is which of you would argue for or against which rogue spec do you feel? I know Koji already had his hat in the ring on the Outlaw show, but uh, Flawless and Selly, which rogue spec do you think does what rogue is best? And that's sort of your overall, like, pros and cons on which spec is the pure rogue if you had to, like, you know, go to one of those debate battles about it. Selly's probably going to say assassination. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, what I'm going to say, too. Oh, yeah. so you're on the same page, then. Yeah. And nah, presuming that he was going to say subtlety. Well, wait. Sully, what'd you say? Did you say sub? What? 
Yeah, because it <laughs> incorporates the, the stealth mechanic more than other specs do. Oh. And I think that's that's something that's been lost over the time. Yeah, I, I like uh I like the Shadow Strike mechanic and the stealth focus. I think it feels roguey. But I also think assassination gets a lot of that too. I mean the, the bleeds and poisons are a big part of rogues going all the way back to, to classic. So I think it's hard to argue against assassination. Uh if only there was some way to kind of merge those two specs together. Well this <laughs> Well this is sort of what the, the topic of that Ian brought up in his last keynote, essentially, and into the Q&A. The last one we had of his, like, weeks to months ago now, was that in... they He basically admitted in their push from Warlords to Legion primarily, and then that tapered into BFA, their focus on class fantasy wasn't class fantasy, it was basically spec fantasy. Mm. And Balialar even came out with a video recently talking about like WoW 2.0, whereas essentially Blizzard has created 36 classes in the game instead of 12. Like you aren't a rogue anymore. You are a assassination rogue only, right? So that brings up this point of what rogue spec does the best, but what needs to be just melded into the rogue and then you specialize. Actually, I think rogue was a really tricky case for them too because a lot historically a lot of rogue specs before it got really like broken down shared a lot of elements and even going back to you see you look at like the classic talent builds you know you have combat daggers you have heavy assassination you have combat swords you like and you have this mix and match between all the trees there really wasn't like this huge emphasis on one mechanic or another it really kind of was a lot more fluid between like say backstab versus sinister strike you know it kind of like waffled between the two specs right so when they when they ended up like breaking outlaw out into it you know kind of a brand new concept if you will they kind of like reallocated a lot of those shared things to either sub or assassination and tried to you know carve out some identity there but i think you know it it kind of hurts in some ways hmm yeah, yeah so like for me, yeah. what what makes or breaks, or, or like what I always, uh, yeah, think about when I think about rogue, is just the, the original description where you know you build combo points to then unleash them for like big hitting abilities or for big finishes. I think that is something, something that's been lost for for outlaw and assassination both really, and I think that's that's what's still around for subtlety, and I think that's what I miss the most. It's just. Building combo points to then do something something significant with those combo points, and I think that's not really the case anymore. Uh, for assassination, you have like a like an envenom that doesn't really do that much damage unless you boost it up with azerite traits. Your dot obviously isn't a big chunk of your damage. Then for outlaw, you know you have the the buff mechanic, which is pretty significant, but also you know very random and and not like in your face, so to say. And like the uh, the outlaw finishes, if you don't buff them with Azerite traits, it's the same issue. Like their builders kind of deal more damage or the same damage as the as the finishes. And yeah, subtlety with the mastery that just boosts your finisher damage still incorporates this concept of building up to having like these moments of something significant 
major happening every 10, 15, 20 seconds, depending on how quickly you can build up combo points. So flawless, yeah. defend yourself. When I when I think of rogue, I just think of bleeds and poisons, you know, just back in vanilla. And that's kind of why I picked assassination. And like Koji said, it's kind of hard to argue against it. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the poison part is definitely true. Like having poisons in all three specs would be... Like, I miss that for sure. Yeah. Definitely one of the subtexts I have for the second half of the show is do you miss making your own poisons? Because only Assassination has poison now. Because they made... Subtlety Rogue basically became like Naruto. It's super anime. And then you have the pirate. And then you have the actual like Assassination Rogue, which was a blending of all what we're supposed to be. This very like stealthy oriented bleeds and poisons toxins that kind of that gross icky and it's neat to have the three flavors but they're so apart now i wonder if that's what blizzard is now realizing internally that they've, they've sort of spread the paint their colors of paint so far even though i thought it was weird because they penned class fantasy as their big thing in legion but it was definitely spec fantasy instead yeah and then the follow-up question on that one, then flawless, because this was what I was putting you on the spot about was what what do you think is the core problem with subtlety rogue then? Because why does it only get seen in these very niche situations? Or is that fine when you're a pure DPS spec that can go between all three different playstyles? Even though you need different ads right now and different weapons, also the stuff. But anyway, but uh you have I any? don't even think that Cat! it fulfills a niche anymore. Um I think it, it's kind of ahead of other specs on prior target damage, presuming that there's, you know, four or five plus targets at all times. And it's hard to replicate that scenario all the time. But even if there is, the damage on prior priority target is just kind of underwhelming. And the problem that it has in raid right now is that you just need high uptime on the boss. And as soon as you have to get away from the boss to do any sort of mechanic, your damage plummets and that's a that's a big problem with sub. Hmm. Yeah, I'd also say sub execution can be kind of tricky and like micro heavy because you have these like mini cooldown cycles. Yeah. And if you if you aren't executing those cooldown cycles in like a really tight way, you lose a really large amount of damage. Like that's just the core of the spec, which I actually think is really fun. I I was playing sub. Um, in old year initially until it got nerfed really badly with the trait nerfs um but it's definitely like a high risk low reward right now and that's yeah. that's really the main problem is the uptime issue that flawless men mentioned is definitely the most prevalent with sub um and then just the fact that it's a, a more difficult spec to play but the damage isn't there like it it's in the same ballpark and i think bringing sub to a raid or mythic plus is totally fine if they're a good sub player they're going to perform just fine mm -hmm. but like not that many people are going to choose the spec that is harder to play and does slightly less damage that's the tough part when you play a pure dps spec it's, it's that's why i do this these blocks so we we started off the season 
uh, with we do a rogue, a mage, a warlock, and a hunter show. And then now we're in the second block of that, so we're sort of updating and seeing where these at, because those are the four pure DPS specs in the game, where all they can do is provide damage on all three of their different specializations. And I know that on the mage show we had recently, a lot of them were like, we can play any three mage spec, and we've had shakeups there, and now they're all like fire now because of the new bracers and stuff, and we'll get onto that soon. Warlocks, I've been told, are pretty all, like, depending on the encounter, you can play whatever spec is the best. I know Destruction's a lot of the places right now. Demonology peaked on Mythic cool, like, way up there. And then there's Hunter, which has a bit of an awkward back and forth. So we'll talk about Hunter later, but then Rogue, I think, sat in that similar place that Warlock had, where if you're really good at this, if you have the gear for it, then you should be able to play whichever one you'd like to play. Hmm. Like, um, I think Blizzard compartmentalized, like, different parts of, like, what any spec can do well and, and like, weaknesses and strengths. And, like, gave one of them, like, to each spec, basically. I think at the beginning of BFA, we had, like, Assassination was very centric around the idea of doing sustained DPS, whether it was on AOE or on single target. Mm -hmm. And you had Salty, which was obviously very burst and, and proudly target damage focused. Outlaw had like the, the big cooldown, so to say, especially for AOE fights. And like just by looking at the toolkits of each back individually, you would think that, that it was really just depending on the encounter, you would swap the spec to whatever was, was right. uh, best in any given fight. And then a bunch of that stuff was just too good. Like, for example, the prior damage capabilities that Salty Rogues had. And then they nerfed that one, and that kind of removed the spec like from the radar entirely. And the same with like, the changes to, to Azerite traits for, for Outlaw. Kind of put it up there, at least for, for M+, for example. And just one tiny change, one introduction of one trait just made it so much better than, than any other option. So it wasn't about like picking strengths and weaknesses anymore depending on what your group like dungeon group or raid group needed or wanted but it was just like one spec being pretty much always better on like for for basically the entire tier uh so yeah we started out pretty well and then they kind of kind of removed more things than they needed to right well so i'm gonna have you follow that up then how about despite the back and forth you may have in the community about what was good, what was changed, what was taken away, whatnot. There's obviously a lot of bonuses and plus sides, I would imagine, hopefully, depending on things you've lost from Legion in those, those oh yeah, moments back then, which many people now are harkening all the way back to like Mr. Pindaria having like the best class design, which that's hard to say. It's very subjective. But in particular, what is your, like, oh, heck yeah. Like, what's a moment when you're playing Assassination that things line up properly, like the right moment in time? Like, what's the moment that makes you, like, fist bump to yourself mentally? Because obviously you don't take your hands off the keyboard because you don't have time to. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you have enough time in your pooling phase. But what what's your, like, those big moments for you playing Rogue? When everything comes together, when everything crits, like since the, the combo point generation is based on whether we crit or not, if mm -hmm. everything crits, your burst window lasts 30 seconds, and if it doesn't, it's over after 15, because you already ran, ran out of energy. So if everything crits, like the, the deviation, like 
what's your best opener, what's your worst opener is really huge. So obviously, if you get like a really good opener, that's just carries you throughout the remainder of the fight, I would say. So that's definitely uh, on top there when every single MNM, every single mutilate gives you four combo points and every MNM crits, then then you feel good about the try and you know it's not going to be a kill try because you would have a good pass. <laughs> well, that's that in, in some way goes back to what Outlaw said. It's like, oh, five roll on the pull as a wipe. Yeah, exactly. I'm pumping, wipe. Always. But always. Flawless, how about you? Do you have a moment playing Assassination Rogue where you like that mental fist bump with yourself? Like heck. I think crit crits are a big big thing, but one notable thing this tier for me was a poison bomb proc on all of the Asharads starting phase <laughs> two. When <laughs> okay. I got that and we wiped, I was just so sad. Because if you get a if you get a poison bomb proc on those ads, you end up doing like six hundred K plus to him. And it feels really good. But yeah, other than that, it's just crits. Crit in the opener is very important. Okay. That's the, the poison bomb on the... You're talking about the, the Naga lemmings that run to the middle of the room to kill themselves. Oh. Yeah. 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 I imagine they'd yes, be pretty a, good. Similar thing when you get a poison bomb proc on every single finisher while, while DPSing the uh, Radiance adds. For example, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I mean, beyond the DPS, I think, you know, we were talking a little bit about the Rogue Toolkit and, you know, sometimes it doesn't work, which is pretty much the opposite. Mega feels bad. But when it does work, like you can do some cool stuff. Like, you know, when you see that, uh, that pool spawn on Ashvane and it's way out in BFE in the middle of uh, patches of tank debuff and you are able to sprint over and cloak and soak it and then shadow step back to the boss and finish off your damage combo. You know, like it feels good. Anything involving shadow step going well usually feels mm. like you did something cool. And then shadow step puts you in a void zone and kills you the <laughs> next pull. So it, it's a bit, it's a bit hit or miss on that one. It's like, but know, when, it, when it works, it feels great. Popping killing spree was a big thing. Like crucible on Unat with racing flag and shadow step, being able to shadow step over the beams was like a very good feeling. <laughs> oh, what the? What is that? What is this? What is don't, that? Don't tell anyone, or you get removed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave the VOD. I think at this point it's like common knowledge, but yeah, there's there's like one one item that you can buy from Mr. Pandaria that lets you shadow step to it. So there used to be a toy that you could use to shadow step to it, uh, the image of Archmage Vargoth, and they changed that during during yep. Kiljaden progress. Yep. Uh, because it was used extensively uh, on Kiljaden yep. to avoid the knockbacks. You can't shadow step to the turnip, but a train dummy turnip, can you? Not anymore. Uh, no, nah, but there's a racing flag from Mist of Pandaria. If you remember the cloud serpent, uh, where you got the cloud serpent and you mm -hmm. were flying around, and you, it was just like a neat tool to build like your own race race track or something. But yeah, you can place that and shadow step to it, and that makes your shadow step basically yeah a better a better charge or blink or pretty much similar to a blink. It's and you like... can do a lot of interesting stuff with that with like delayed damage instances or yeah just avoiding mechanics entirely because you can literally shadow step over them even though the mech like the ability clearly isn't designed to allow you to do that because you always need a target 
This is some Lee Sin level stuff, right? Like ward jumping or whatever it oh, yeah, is. That's, that's what that's what that is. That's up there I mean, with the yeah. with the uh, uh, heck yeah moments when you when you avoid abilities like that and literally take zero damage. As flawless said on Unat, like warlocks, uh, warlocks were hailed for avoiding a lot of damage on that fight, and that's why they were so good. And no one was talking about rogues just literally taking zero damage from the beams throughout the entirety of the fight. There's a couple of classes that can do that. It wasn't as prevalent. We didn't really notice it too much during the uh, the race to world first, but we've heard about it post that. There are plenty of specs that can do some. Yeah. Yeah, something like a talent that uh, brought back like uh, targeted shadow step could be pretty cool. I could see that getting a lot of use on specific mechanics or specific mm -hmm. encounters. So that being said, not everything can be read from the Discord or the Wowhead Guide or Ravenholt, for example, which uh, shout out to Ravenholt, by the way. Not every class spec community has a website front where a lot of your additional guides, resources, tools, and of course your blog, The Fan of Knives, is curated and updated a lot. This website has been going for a long time now. If you are a rogue and want some extra internal rogue discussions and things, of course, when new expansions come around, it's a good time to have that there. But there is a raid tip section in particular on here. But if you notice, it's not been updated in the one part of this. That's why I want to bring this up. Is Are there any pieces of the, the sassy rogue to be mindful of? in either of the builds or any of these like small minutia moments that you feel as a player that aren't necessarily always something you can communicate in just like written word, I guess. Is there like there are moment to moment gameplay that players should be aware of that you could share with people? I don't know who has things to share. That's like those feels moments. Like say I'll start enhancement shaman, clipping things, what I call the agrimar is when you activate Crash Lightning on ads that do not last long enough to be AoE'd, but you still get a single target damage buff from turning on Crash Lightning to funnel that into the boss. We would, I would actually Crash Lightning on the ads that got gripped into Agrimar because they were alive for a few frames before they disappeared and blew up on the raid. But if you Crash Lightning as they get pulled in, it turns on Crash Lightning. But then you're not AoEing anything, oh. you're hitting the boss. So there are moments like that that rogues have, that assassination little things that you sort of min maxi or just things for players to be aware of i'm not sure there is anything i think assassination especially in raids is pretty simplistic mm. and very straightforward pretty much all our abilities are on the global cooldown whether it's our dps cooldowns with the exception of vanish so there's nothing that you really want to macro together except for like your your unused trinket maybe with uh, with your two minute cooldowns but apart from that i think it's very uh, very straightforward for single target, and then the entire concept just switches around entirely for multi-target. Yeah, I, I think one of the trickier parts for people who haven't played the spec a lot yet is is getting a good feel for when to AoE and when not to. Um, yeah. Assassination really is not the strongest AoE spec right now, and you can put your bleeds up on literally every target in the universe, and you're still not going to do much aoe damage anymore unless you get good poison bomb procs like fan of knives doesn't actually hit like anything anymore it's basically a wet noodle generator and does 
very little damage compared to Legion when we had the uh, Poison Knives uh, trait. Mm. Um, so kind of knowing when to do that and when not to, like it definitely helps to AoE and like say putting putting a Rupture up on a secondary target, like say the Summoners on Zakul, if you're right there, you know, makes a lot of sense. Like why not? It's going to live long enough, get a few ticks in, or keep your uh, energy regen high. That's, a, that's the right thing to do, but you might necessarily not necessarily want to use fan of knives for example like if you're tunneling the boss and your vendetta is up and you're and you're on zakul for example you probably just want to use mutilate and ignore the aoe because you're not going to do enough damage for it to matter and it's not going to it's going to be a pretty big single target loss so kind of knowing when to play to your strengths as assassination like usually assassination right now is being brought to tunnel single targets and kind of holding yourself back from AOE unless you know you know it's going to benefit the raid and and kind of your your objective is kind of like something to just learn over time. Okay. Anything for you, flawless? Anything you want to to share out there? Any nuggets? I think it's like a mix of both for me. Um, like it's very simplistic single target, but it gets kind of tricky when you add more targets, especially if they're split. Like Queen's Court, especially, you kind of have to know when you want to rupture the other boss, rupture Sparks, and it kind of just depends on how long they live. Something like, uh, what's that boss called? The like the second boss in Radiance of Ashara. I have hmm. been asked several times, like, should you rupture the little lads? And it's just, it depends on your AOE kind of thing more so than if, if it's cookie cutter or not, like straightforward. Okay. Then the counter argument to that before we move on, are there any things in this sort of the deeper dive that players should steer clear of? That, and this was a part of the discussion that you guys went back and forth on in Discord prepping for the, the show quite a bit. And there was a few things that I mentioned in there. We talked about Sanguine earlier. But uh, Venom Rush and Blind Sight came up as well. I didn't know if there's anything that you wanted to to comment on in those in particular. I think yeah. Koji sort of brought that up, and Selly was going on back and forth on that one too. So who wants to start with with Blind Side, for example? It's terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's a talent that looks like a good idea for execute fights or like for fights where you want to do a lot of damage during the last portion of the fight. And then you pick it and you realize you do less damage because it just doesn't interact with like any of the of the mechanics that are being mm -hmm. put on top of the the core gameplay, so to say. Yeah. Uh, Blindside was but... really unfortunate. I think we were all really excited when it popped up in Alpha Beta. Right. Because we're like, oh yeah, that's cool. I remember that ability. That'll be fun. Uh, and it it is fun, like getting blindside procs, and you know I played around with it on beta, and getting into execute phase in theory is fun. It just doesn't do any damage, and it doesn't interact with anything. So it's it's really unfortunate. I think it's like a four percent DPS loss just to take it and to press more buttons. And yeah. uh, I think the current SimCraft APL doesn't even use it in execute it only uses it when it gets freebie procs because that's the only advantage mm. it's even less if you actually use it quote unquote properly 
and spam it during execute phase, I think it's like a six or seven percent DPS loss over just using mutilate. Yeah. And to be fair, I think most of that just is because it doesn't interact with pretty much our strongest single target trait, which is double dose, which gives us like this extra damage instance when when we use mutilate. Yep. Uh, yep. And both poisons proc like uh, off of each uh, hit of the mutilate, and I think. Just that trade working with blindside as well would already put blindside like in a range where it would definitely be be worth considering for for execute situations. Maybe yeah. turn the numbers up a little bit, but I think the the non interaction with the Azerite trade is like by far the biggest biggest issue. Yeah, there. I think they probably also should have looked at making it generate two combo points, just like mutilate. The fact yeah. that it generates only one combo point actually really slows down your uh your rotation during like cooldown cycles and that's a big reason it falls behind that's weird yeah. just a, a straight up worse mutilate and then venom but rush yeah, talented. oh yeah i mean venom rush definitely falls in like that talent type you were talking about earlier where that left hand side talent where they came up with you know super passive types of talents and it just doesn't do anything it doesn't generate enough energy to actually be worthwhile. And Toxic Blade is easy enough to use just on cooldown for, for basically anybody playing the spec. There's really no reason to kind of take the quote-unquote simple talent on that row. Right. Yeah. It's a weird row that it's in because Venom Brush is just an energy refund on Mutilate, which I guess the math is supposed to play out there that over time you would get more abilities that makes up for it. Versus an actual 25-second rotational cooldown that has a multiplicative effect on it. Or Exsanguinate, which so is supposed to have like a bursty bleed moment-to-moment -moment gameplay with it. But it's a huge cooldown in, in contention with that one. That's that's it. Venom Rush, and this is why I think this talent tree design doesn't work enough anymore. Is because Blizzard has cool ideas, but they really can't fit them all in. Because originally, mop talents was supposed to be like, everything in the row is OP, you get to pick one. But now that doesn't yeah. really work anymore. There aren't They aren't all OP, and you only get to have one. It's that there is obviously a synergy between certain ones that are way better than others. Mm. I think the, the basic concept might, be, uh, might already have some issues. Like mm -hmm. if you have uh, a talent row with three talents that improve your single target, then one of them is always going to be the best, numerically speaking. Right. The same for AoE. Like this, it's hard to justify having three different AoE abilities or passives or whatever. And like all of them are viable in like one one specific situation. Usually, it's just going to be one that's going to win out over all the others. Um, so maybe they're not supposed to be like competitive to each other, and it's really just all about like how. How much effort do you want to put into into your DPS? If you don't really wanna wanna activate your brain all that much, then you pick all the talents on the left side. Yeah. And if you want to have like slightly more more interesting rotational gameplay, for example, then you just pick everything on the right. But I think the the min maxing kind, and I think we we all kind of are like that type of player. We're always gonna try to figure out which one is the best one, and then we're gonna play that one. And it's I don't really think that there's going to be any encounter where you will swap on the DPS talents, like, at all. Yeah, I think Blizzard wants 
Blizzard wants us to be able to curate our character and pick and choose a way to play that we find fun. But because of the content at the highest end, high Mythic Plus keys, very difficult PvP encounters, and then of course Mythic Rating, it's so difficult and so highly tuned, which surprisingly, Ajaro's Eternal Palace was actually incredibly well tuned, despite the fact that we were very scared in the community about how it might be totally scuffed. It was actually very well put together. We can't take, a, take all these puzzle pieces in front of us and not put together the most efficient puzzle to be able to do what is required of us as players. We can't play the stuff that's maybe fun if it's just weaker, because then you won't be as we won't be contributing as much to our groups or our parties or our raids as we can be. And that's part of the problem, which is why you can't yeah, play Crimson I, Tempest. I mean, some of that problem also is, is when it becomes that the talents on the row that are the strongest are also the most generic or generically good. Mm. Like elaborate planning is a good example. Like, Elaborate planning is no more interesting than anything on any of the left-hand rows. It's just a passive damage increase. It's up like 100% of the time, as long as you're using your finishers, which you are. Right. It's just, it's generically better on AoE fights, on single target fights, on whatever type of encounter it's going to be better. So, and it's kind of the same problem with Poison Bomb. Like, Poison Bomb's good in AoE. It's good in single target. So we just take it. It not only is numerically the best, it's also the most well-rounded. So for us to really have choice, it has to be such that like Crimson Tempest should be the best in AoE, but it's not. So why would we ever take it? You know, like, so we get into these weird situations where I think Crimson Tempest has been tuned one time in the pre-patch, like <laughs> 18 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a resources time issue at this point where we're, you, you were talking earlier about how many specs there are and then you multiply that out of how many talents there are, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if, unless they want to be sitting down there tweaking numbers all day long, they're not going to get to a lot of these. Because going back to what Sally said earlier and kind of going back to what, like, Fallas has mentioned is that there aren't enough things for the rogue barring any spec to like spend your combo points on and like if crimson tempest was a big presence then you could weave that into the rotation if it was worth it but again going back to what i just said you can't just pick things that are fun and crimson tempest looks pretty damn cool it's a it's a cool animation but because it doesn't work and it's not powerful enough it just doesn't see use and that's a problem with this talent calculator in general. And I think the way the game is is very, very, very well tuned and very difficult at the highest end. So maybe Crimson Tempest sees plenty of play in island farming. But is that where it lives? Maybe. Yeah. So talent diversity in general, of course, you can check out the and the joke that I said earlier about how you have different builds as assassination. But, like, not really. <laughs> and nothing really changes. And that's been a bit of a uh, a way that the rogue plays. So I'm not going to beat that dead cloak 
But is there anything else that you need from the first section before we move on and let chat have some Q&A with you? I'm sure none of you have your own viewers from chat or Discord or guildies that are ready to troll me with questions that I think are real, but aren't. But anything you guys want to add from the, the first section? I think the... I think Koji brought it up in the in the talk that we had on Discord before. It's just how assassination has always been about like sustained TPS. And oh, yes. I think like the game in general has moved away a little bit from like specs that are really good at sustained TPS. Um so now it's all about cooldowns. We we saw it in the in the current raid tier. Like Eternal Palace was just a tier that was dominated by classes that had two minute cooldowns. All the classes that had three minute cooldowns had like, I feel an immediate disadvantage because the encounters just were kind of designed for two minute cooldowns. And I think assassination right now is like at the point where, where far maybe fire mages, if you get bad procs in your, in your code, like doing your vendetta and your vanish going on, um, your DPS is just not going to be good in that pull. Like there's nothing that you can do outside of your cooldowns to, to, make up for it, basically, because we only have that one cooldown and then we press Toxic Blade, but as we already said, we press it on cooldown anyway. Um, but yeah, we have that one big cooldown and if everything goes right, you open with 120k DPS. If everything goes wrong, you open with 60, 70k DPS. And that defines most of your damage throughout the encounter. And then you're just waiting for your big cooldown to come back up. And I think that's kind of maybe the wrong approach for the spec. In general, I felt like, especially in Legion, we had Vendetta had a lower cooldown, first of all, and then we had the extra cooldown that we talked about earlier with Kingsbane. I think that was more interesting because it gave assassination with all the damage over time effects. It's kind of kind of destiny, right, for it to be a sustained DPS spec because it has so many damage over time effects. And yet mm -hmm. here we are, and we have probably one of the strongest two-minute cooldowns out of all classes, out of all specs. That's a very interesting take because that's exactly what Blizzard did the Shadow Priest because they had like 80% of their damage before in Shadow Form. Now, out of Shadow Form, it felt really bad, right? So much of their damage was caked mm. into this rotational element of their spec. And now Shadow Priests are like 65, 35% or something, where they're only, not even that, it's only like 55, 45 they're actually very, they don't get a whole lot more in their major, like, rotational cooldown. So they're kind of, like, flatlined between the two, and they don't like that. But you're talking about how you have so much burst in your cooldowns and not a lot outside of it as being a problem. So you can see how this is a, this is a nightmare for Blizzard to figure out which specs should have... How far does the teeter-totter go in one direction versus the other direction? Where do they balance it out on how much... Again... I play Havoc mostly right now. I'm almost always in meta. So all of my damage in meta matters. And we're kind of like poo-poo outside of metamorphosis. So that makes us very teeter-tottered towards metamorphosis, which is maybe brought a good idea. Yeah, um, but you're in meta like 70% of the time. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But should we be? Should we be? The other 30% is like your weird inverse cooldown period. <laughs> that's right. We're like the other way that's around. Like, that's why I check Twitter. I, I, I feel like, I, I think I said this in the pre-show, like, I feel like Nighthold Havoc Demon Hunter when I played that is how I feel about like the Vendetta focus right now. Uh. Where it's all, it's all about that cooldown phase. And that's, you know, it's good for getting raid spots. You know, people are bringing assassination just to blow up ads, 
adjust to blow up the boss during some phases, um, even if your overall DPS on the pull is going to suffer because of focusing on that, you just pack up, you, you get your trinkets all lined up, you get your coral lined up, you get your font of Ashara lined up, you potion, you line up, you get your toxic blade ready to go, you vendetta and you go to town and you do like a ridiculous amount of like 3 million damage within 20 seconds or something. And then you go back to doing very little. And so sort of why, why we got a rain spot in Zakul. We can just yep. two and they add in delirium and that's it. But yeah, as to what he was saying, like if somehow your uh your vendetta window gets messed up, you get chosen for a mechanic or something like that, you just like <laughs> rip. Yeah. You just just give up, slug out. And all the any damage. All the cooldown stacking also leads to this funny situation where having the cooldown reduced on our main ability vendetta is a zero DPS gain because you still want to delay it. Like Visions of Perfection Minor, which reduces the cooldown of your major cooldown, just it's a zero DPS gain for us because we still want to line it up with like all the other two minutes, two minute things that are out there in the game. Like, yeah. you know, stacking it with Fawn, stacking it with Vanish. And I think that that in itself is already yeah, kind of showcasing how, how all this cooldown stacking mm -hmm. with trinkets and everything can be can be troublesome. I think like having trinkets with lower cooldowns would, would allow for like, at least in this very specific case, uh, to give us a little bit more flexibility. Okay. Yeah, it I... seems like every spec these days has two minute or three minute cooldowns and they do a lot of damage during their cooldowns. There's not that many sustained TPS specs around anymore. Enhancement Shaman. Because we don't have a baseline cooldown 90 minute, 90 second, 90 minute, 90 second wolves or normal two minute wolves do nothing. Mm. They do no damage. <laughs> they do nothing. Yeah. They're so poop. They're so poop. Give me back a sentence. Isn't that like wolf RNG as well? Well, wolf like, roll, where, roll where the wolves. You want specific wolves. Roll the wolves. Yep. That's yeah. it. They let it happen. They let it happen. So you rename that. Oh, well, that's what we've been talking. We've been calling it that since uh, the BFA beta. It's like, okay, so you like the RNG on Outlaw, and I'm sure the community still loves it. Not. Well, let's give it to another class. Yay. You can Ooh. have it for good if you want. No, thank yeah. you. No. Thumbs down. I'm Julius Caesar right now. Get that out of here. But, all right, chat, if you have questions, I know a couple of you have already posted a few questions here, and we will start weaving those in in a moment. I've got some canned questions for my guests, but they can take a short reprieve from seeing here as we've all been talking for an hour and 20 minutes, of course. But again, I want to make sure I thank you guys for tuning in today. If you miss any of these shows, they all get archived up on the YouTubes. All of the past content, the side bits and bobs and all the old stuff is all coagulated on to my YouTube channel. So I've got the stuff with me and Mike, or I've got the Baylight section, or I've got the previous shows. They're all right there. You can go, there's, yeah, lots, lots more. They're all aggregated into years. The seasons for my show are in years. So of course you can go check those out if you haven't seen any of the previous ones. Those are all right there, the world first shows. And then of course you can keep going back and back because there are, there are more. This is from last year, 
There's there's 2917 in here. You can keep going back. Is that Kana with no facial hair? Who is that man? But all of this stuff goes back and back. If you want to see sort of the conversations that were being had back in previous expansions, then you can do so. There's a huge time capsule essentially here that is chock full on my YouTube channel. And if you're not throwing that a subscribe, then please feel free to do so. It helps me out. That's where all these stuff gets archived. But as I went over in the beginning of the show, if you have not been here in a while or have been wondering about how the show has evolved into the future here and a way to keep the show rolling as well and get yourself something along the way, I am partnered and sponsored by Corsair and Elgato. So if you're looking for any bits and bobs and pieces and parts to your upcoming build, I am putting the finishing touches finally on my huge rebuild, my office construction, my moving everything, my dual PC setup, the new PC I'm putting together is heavily Corsair inspired. So if you are looking for anything, and there is a tease that I went the other day and talked about. I have some some new stuff, some new product that Corsair has sent out to their partners, but I cannot talk about it yet. They have changed the launch date. So you have to just kind of be, uh, have to wait for that one to come out. I will announce that and show it off on stream soon enough. They're actually sitting here on my desk right next to me. They, them, it. Now I can't talk about them more than that, but there is something new coming out from Corsair that I'm excited to start using. So that is all. Links are down below, of course, on YouTube or on Twitch down here. And of course, Elgato is linked therein. I don't know how the origin interaction is working. I got to talk to my partner manager there because that is now part of the Corsair family is the origin PCs. But if you're looking for anything in that regard, I was looking through their new hot products, actually, to see what that's up. It's like a new keyboard they just launched. I know this is the Mark II of the capture card. I have one of those waiting in the new build. I've got my new cases. All this stuff's right. These are just the two new mice they just released. My mouse is all the way down here, actually. I have the new Glaive RGB Pro that I'm currently using. Well, I have two of them. One for both computers, because total sellout shill mode. But uh, you can ask Gorek in chat. He bought one of the Corsair 1s, actually. Ask him how he likes that one. He tossed a whole bunch of gifted subs at the stream earlier today. I might actually want to get the ceiling-mounted green screen. I'm not totally sure yet. I just like their stuff, okay? I've liked their stuff before I was even partnered and sponsored by them. So I trust it. And if you want to support what I do here, using the links down below will help support what I do here by getting something for you. That's how this symbiotic relationship works. But that is that. The first thing I have to prep here. Make sure the guests are ready. Gentlemen, did you any of you re-log on your characters? Or should I refresh your armories or are we good to go? Uh, I'm good. Silly, you're muted. What happened? Oh, silly oh, was, yeah. yeah. Um no, I'm good as well. Oh, flawless! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm refreshing your armories. I got had. I mean that that is more of a trans. Is that actually a full transmog though? I think every everything is hidden besides the legs. So if I, it... this, <laughs> yeah, I mean legs. If that's what to call it. <laughs> so I I brought this up on a previous show. 
And one of the canned questions I have is I talk about like their favorite skins for their artifact weapon, but then I thought like, let's look at your transmogs here. So we've got we've got Koji rocking the female orc, bony shoulders, kind of like super armored up for a rogue, but two different daggers, which is a uh, uh, definitely tasteful. I can't. Oh, that, that's just uh, that's the armory being stupid and not showing my offhand Kingsbane. Skin. Ah, okay. So you're double Kingsbane then. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it imagine that in both. The green dagger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Best one. Easy. So we have this transmog chat, and again, YouTube comments, you can vote. We also have Selly's female blood elf here. With this is the armory being dumb. I would imagine both your weapons have the weapon enchant on them, but only one shows. Uh, not not that one, no. It's oh. actually without because it doesn't show on the weapon. It's like oh. the the challenge mode dagger that like has this this teal glowing effect sometimes. Okay. But yeah, very bare bones. But that this is a combination of sets, right? This isn't all just because these boots and gloves are uh, from. No, that's the entire uh, Legion Season 1 and Season oh. 2 PvP set. Well, look yeah. at that. No the sockets on the gear. No helm, though. No helm at all. Yes. I mean, I'm still wearing the uh, the eye of uh, Ovens off on the, on the helmet ah, because okay. I didn't turn in the quest. So I'm still, I'm still an agent of Flawless is trying to play to the audience here. So this is Flawless Transmog. <clears throat> Yes, <laughs> that that's it right there. <laughs> so I mean, you know, sure, we found our winner. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you get to choose. Who do you think won the impromptu transmog competition between? Koji and Selly and Flawless. So I see nothing wrong with that. I would call it Flawless. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Just for not being a Blood Elf, I think Koji gets a bonus point from me as well. Yeah, Gorex said the, the female, female orc won. Yeah. I, Dude, I, I really like the mask of Artful Dodging. It's a cool mask. Mm. That's but it was a pain good. in the ass to get, if I remember correctly. That's pretty good. So, questions from chat and things, and I have some more that I can swiggle in here. But uh, let's look at this. Uh, Northern Man always brings in the questions. How much would losing losing Shroud, which is what Flawless suggested earlier, just took it away. How much would losing Shroud affect rogues in Mythic Plus if damage was the same? But no shroud. Hmm. Right now, probably not at all. Oh, I think rogue damage, especially outlaw damage, is in a really good spot for for mythic plus, both on single target. Outlaw single target is actually quite strong with yeah. like the the between the eyes build and deeper stratagem. Hmm. You can have some some huge single target while barely losing any of your AOE capabilities. So you would still and hmm, okay. Yeah, the shroud is nice, but everything that you can shroud, you can also death skip. So it's literally just a, a 30 second, 35 second time loss if you cannot shroud. I don't think it would change what we do in the dungeons very much at all. 
I think like people, especially at the very high end, would quickly adapt to to whatever happens without Shroud. We did Legion and Plus without Shroud for a long time because it only got introduced during to, uh, Tomb of Zagaros. Up until then, we didn't even have Shroud, and Road was still very strong. Didn't you have pylons though? I didn't do. Yeah, but I mean, like that's you still needed to die. So all you saved was was a combat dress, and uh, I mean, you can usually death skip with a rested druid with a rogue in the group. Like it's still a time save to death skip with a rogue in the group because the rogue doesn't have to die. Yeah, I'm not sure how much it would change for something like the MDI. Where they go with very kind of conservative and optimized comps. I mean, in in practice, especially for the mass vast majority of even semi high end keys of like say fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen keys or whatever, shrouding isn't even really necessary. I think the last sixteen or seventeen key I did, we didn't shroud at all because it was just more pain than it was worth. Um, but on the other hand, I think that there's a lot more class viability than, than is made outwardly in the community. I think you can easily bring rets. I think you can easily bring havoc demon hunters or windwalkers or feral druids or whatever to, to basically any mythic plus key. And really if, if they're a good player, it's going to be fine. Okay. I think I'm getting trolled, but I keep trying to look over here. It's why I'm not looking at chat right now. What is this whole twist the knife nonsense that they want you to talk about? <laughs> they want Cody to do it. fight. Don't do it. <laughs> so I'm looking it up. Twist the knife is a Azerite trait where Venom deals additional damage per combo point, and it lasts for one second longer when it critically strikes. People want Sally and I to fight. That's what they uh, want. Uh, so <laughs> it's a troll. <laughs> it's, it's a trait that, that basically didn't didn't have any impact until like last season of Mythic Plus. Okay. Um, where like I was kind of starting to play around with it a little bit more because I just kind of liked feeling like a sub rogue, where the pulls were big. You know, reaping was there was a shit ton of mobs. Which meant that every every fan of nice we got full combo points, even though we had to crit to get the extra combo points. Okay. But we still got full combo points. And then you just used fan of nice, Eminem, fan of nice, Eminem. And obviously by boosting that Eminem damage through the Azerite trait, uh, that increased your damage to the priority target or to the main target. And that made people think, or you know, that obviously was very strong for the priority target capabilities of the spec. And then there was, or the, ever since then, there's been a lot of discussion about like what really is the best way to get the highest priority target damage out on, like as an assassination rogue. And yeah, Koji, you know, uh, was usually more on the on the theory crafting side. I played it, and we kind of, you know, didn't really talk at each other, but like, <laughs> it was you know, just. Uh... If you look at my armory, if you still have it up, you'll see that I actually have, by pure happenstance, three twist the knife traits right now. <laughs> whoa, 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 As soon as I got that, I remember commenting to Mistler in a private channel. I'm like, Sally's going to be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
it was actually uh, i actually think it was a really interesting discussion i think it's you know a good trait i don't think it's anything mega special i don't think it's out out of line of like the current strength of a lot of the double dose type nothing personal traits it's just a situational thing i think it was a really interesting exercise because um you know, I ended up looking into the APL a lot based on his feedback for, you know, what we could do to optimize priority target damage. And I think we found a lot of really interesting things about, say, like a kind of max bleed count target threshold of where you'd start using Envenoms instead of putting up additional bleeds um, because you were basically energy capped at that point. Mm. And then we also found some pretty interesting things about the fact that like just using straight mutilate instead of fan of knives up to i think like 10 or 11 targets is a priority target gain uh fan of knives hits so weak even with like multiple echoing blades traits that if you really do want to funnel a single target you just use mutilate even if you have ads around because you're not getting enough combo points regularly to to get additional envenoms so I think it was a good exercise, and I think it was a really fun discussion. Uh, I, that's the type of stuff that kind of pushes theory crafting and like the APL in a good way. So I mean, that's why we have guys like like these two around to kind of get that discussion rolling on Ravenhole. I think it's always good to have. You wanted to call him a knucklehead. I'll do it for you. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think his his stuff was really good. The the problem is like just like the MDI comp things, people look at his like Raider IO and they say, Oh, he's got he's got three X twist the knife. I can't possibly do Mythic Plus until I get three X twist the knife because yeah. that's what he's running. Mm. Uh and I <laughs> I always try to give the feedback that, you know, it's it's good. It's like a solid approach, but it's you know, there's a lot of other traits that are probably gonna be equally as solid in that environment. Yeah. Assassination has a wide uh, a wide choice of Azerite traits, and with the exception of one of them, they are all pretty good. Like, I mean, Send of Blood is is down the line. It's just not good enough, unfortunately, uh, even though I really liked it. Like, I think Send of Blood is the most interesting of our Azerite traits, but it's also the worst one, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, it, it's one that is kind of, like, good in theory, but in practice, it's just too awkward, and the target requirement for it to pull ahead is too high. I mean, I remember looking into it um, when we were doing Crucible, because I was trying to figure out, you know, is it worth running Scent of Blood if we've got these ads up in like P1, P2 for like extended periods of time? And with the like average uptime of the ads, it just wasn't worth it, which is really too bad. If it's not worth it in that situation, it's just never actually going to be worth yeah. it. it has to be up on like three or four targets like 100 percent mm-hmm. for it to pull ahead of anything so how about uh the follow-up question that i had from that one it kind of goes into that thing with you're talking mythic plus and raid would be a little different in this regard is that what are assassination rogues looking at for like weapon enchants stats gems and that hierarchy is it stack x only or is it stack x then y or is it sim yourself and then stack a yeah. different thing okay because different in every spec would have been the answer 
like if you go to the Ravenhold Discord and ask about like uh, suggestions for your stats, I think that's the go-to. It's just sim yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think assassination is in a nice spot stat-wise. We don't actually have any like stinker stats. Um, Agility. It, it's kind of a, it's kind of a nice way. <laughs> yeah, primary stat. Uh, you know, like usually like crit haste mastery are all really strong versus a little bit lower in general, but it's still okay. Um, so, you know, for weapon enchants, like, uh, it, it's kind of just whatever. I mean, force multiplier has ended up being pretty good. I think, you know, running force multiplier plus crit or force multiplier plus haste is probably mostly what you'll see, but you can probably even run masterful navigation. It wouldn't make any difference, uh, for, for a lot of setups okay hmm. so you're, you're not running all crit then for those fan of knife funnels well personally i i run crit gems and crit enchants because it's like the because the three the twisted knife have... the twisted knife well yeah that that <laughs> yeah. but it's also because uh crit is also pretty solid for outlaw so it's like a good general stat that's good for both my gear sets since i tend to share like rings and like offhand weapons and stuff like that. Right. It feels good to have high crit assassination rogue, whether it's on plus or raid, if you have a lot of crit. It's just the spec flows so much better. Mm. And especially on AoE, it's just yeah, like you, you get a feel good moment every time you hit that fan of knives hockey, and then you get five combo points from one mm. fan of knives. That's just that always feels good. It's the same with mutilate. If you get your four combo point mutilate. That just feels really good. And if you don't, then yeah, if you have like 90% crit and you still only get two combo points off of your mutilate in your opener, you've already given up on that poll, even if the boss lasts <laughs> 10 more minutes. Oh, like, no. You're not like like mentally so you're not true. gonna recover is, from is not true, getting yeah. enough combo points. I hate Master Assassin for that way. Yeah. Like it's like the stereotypical 50% of the time it works every time yeah. type of town. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it's so different. I remember like the first time I swapped away from like uh, shrouded suffocation over to like a double dose build was for Jaina progression, and obviously in Jaina mm. progression you have a lot of P ones. So I see a lot of openers, and the difference between like the crit windows like all going really well and all going really poorly was just huge. Mm -hmm. Like pull to pull, your just damage varies so heavily, which is something you have to be aware of. If you're playing a master assassination build, like you just have to expect that sometimes you're going to have kind of terrible pulls or terrible openers anyway, if you have bad RNG on your crits. Yeah. All right, Flawless, you don't have your artifact weapon as your transmog. So, what is, if you have to pick, what is your favorite Kingslayer's artifact appearance? Uh, the one that Koji has, the Mage Tower one, I think is the best. That's the, easily the ghost blade. That's the mage tower one, right? I, yeah, 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 yeah. And it yes. sheaths on the back, which is yeah. awesome. It sheaths on the back, but it's like the smallest version. Well, I guess doesn't the Kingslayer sheathing her back overall, right? Overall, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think there was some weird interactions with like uh using transmog on the on the kingslayer with like a non-kingslayer uh transmog oh, okay. then it wouldn't sheave on the back anymore i think or something something like that 
And I think there's one version that doesn't sheaf on the back. Not all of them do. Oh really? I actually I actually really like the default skin as well. Yeah. I, I, I think the Mage Tower one's the best, but I the default skin does, is a cool looking weapon. It's more of like a claw though than a dagger, but the whole point of it, and that's what the, the cursed hand, which is like the improved version, it shows you like the poison dripping off of the dagger as as part of the the effect. Cause apparently it's supposed to, you're supposed to slash open your target so the poison gets in deeper. Or you can yeah. literally punch your target because all of them sort of have poison yeah. vials on like the punch hilt of it. Except I think the I, ghost blade. Yeah. I think I used the red cursed hand one for a long time until I got the ghost blade skin. Yeah. Sully, do you have a, a preferred Kingslayer? Uh, the ghost blade as well. I'm usually uh, the one issue that I have with a lot of dagger dagger skins is that they're too big. And they look more like, like as you just said, like There's most swords. of these skins, they they you could use them as swords. Like if you didn't tell anyone that that's a dagger, people wouldn't immediately think that it's that it's a dagger. So I like the the minimalistic stuff. So the ghost blade fits fits right in. It's um, actually tiny, yeah, in comparison. Yeah, it's very very small. Like it it just looks small compared to all the others. Uh, it's still like the like decently sized dagger. Like the mage killer. This um, is a sword. This is a sword. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, yeah. especially on a blood elf, you know, <laughs> yeah. on a blood elf where most weapons are a little bit bigger as well. Yeah. Uh, it just looks a little bit off. It's the same with like uh, the armor transmog, where a lot of transmog these days looks kind of like mail or plate, even though it's supposed to be cloth or leather. Right. Yeah. Dagger transmogs are really hit or miss about the sizes. Like, some of the daggers are really huge. Mm hmm. How about let's get another question from chat here. So this was this is a, a a statish one, and I brought up Warcraft logs over here, so I can't look at things in the Mythic Plus sphere specifically, but at least go with this as a as a topic tie-in. How well do you think assassination can compete with outlaw in high Mythic Plus keys, and would uh, what would the difference be uh, in composition to make it perform evenly or outperform? And Sally, you have done well, and you and Flawless, you both done like twenty pluses as assassination in comparison. So I'll bring up this is the stat, this is the raid breakdown right now. This just shows the uh, the scores of outlaw assassination and subtlety in the raid. But you have to look at the parses. There's obviously less subtlety rogues playing, but even if that's the case, subtlety is at eighty five point four. For overall score and outlaw is only at 93.8. It's like an eight-ish percent difference top to bottom. It's not like that big of a deal. That's actually very small. Under 10% is totally like, yeah, it's fine. And considering that outlaw has a bigger uh like actual maximum because of the roll the bones, whereas assassination and subtlety are a lot more condensed. But what do you I don't know, Selly or Flawless, I don't know which one of you has seen more keys as assassination and done just fine to squelch the only play combat lol i think both flawless and me held out against the the wave and uh of outlaw rogues in season two right uh so yeah i'm not sure what like his thoughts are for me personally i mean i am the the assassination one trick uh so for me that was never really like a, a major reason to swap off off the spec unless I really felt that I was underperforming and that 
underperforming and then plus just isn't all about damage. Like I've done, I've done keys where even though the, the overall DPS felt kind of low, just because everything went right, everyone played safe and used their DPS properly to like kill the important targets and not just pad on like small mobs. The run was very clean and like was one of the best runs. And I think for Outlaw, sometimes you have to hold back a little bit just to not kill like small ads, for example, so other people can can utilize ads being around, whether it's a Frost Mage or Unholy DK or Subrock, if you can find one. Um, but yeah, I think they're very evenly matched. It's just that season two has established the Outlaw Rogue as the top as a top dog, so to say, for Rogue Specs. Right. And there's not going to be a meta shift unless Asa is or Sub is significantly better than Outlaw. If both specs are evenly matched, since everyone is already playing Outlaw from season two, Outlaw is still going to be like the majority of players in season three as well, because people don't switch specs or classes. And I mean, that's kind of synonymous uh, in, in BFA now. They don't switch unless things are actually better. We saw that in the, the beginning of BFA as well with tanks. Everyone was still running DK. Now everyone's running Prot Warrior, even if they've been nerfed. Yep. Yeah. But Flawless, everything to piggyback on that. Um, I think Assassination and Outlaw damage are quite equal, but I think what deters me from playing Assassination compared to Outlaw is the utility. I feel like I have more control as Outlaw. Between Gouge, you know, Sully was talking about this earlier, Vanish being so big for Assassination, I can freely use Vanish on things like uh, First Boss and Toldegor if I get targeted by Upheaval. I can just Vanish. The mechanic goes away. As Assassination, I, kill, I feel like reluctant to do that because it's just such a big gain. So for me, I kind of just swap depending on the dungeon. And I think they're both like really good. Okay. Yeah, I would say that the success of these two guys should go to show pretty pretty well that assassination can perform at a, a high level. Uh, I don't I don't think there's a massive question mark, and uh, I think the point about season two is a good one that it's hard to come up with a more perfect seasonal affix for outlaw than what was in season two. Like, <laughs> and to be honest, half of that was just padding because a lot of those waves were really easy and really you could AOE them down with almost any comp, but Outlaw Rogues uh, beat everyone to the punch a lot of the time. Uh, but I think especially with the Echoing Blades trait being added, um, Assassination has some really nice tools for dealing AOE damage now. And I think the potential there for people who are motivated to build the gear sets for it is is very high. Yeah. I think that's the that's the key key argument really is just what Azerite do you have available? Because ultimately I think that was one of the bigger issues like compare comparing both seasons now. Last season was kind of easy to get really really strong uh Azerite for both uh for both specs. And this season it's significantly easier to get good Azerite for Outlaw because it basically drops off of the first bosses in the raid, whereas the Azerite uh, selection for Assassination is And that's not sort the of why I haven't played Assassination much in Keys is because 
I think assassination is just way more trait reliant than outlaw. And, you know, I have one echoing blades. I'm not going to do as much as other classes just because Phantom Knives just doesn't do enough damage. And I can feel good about doing priority target damage with my other traits. But again, it comes to a point where you just need raw damage and I need more echoing blades, that sort of thing. This is the one, this this is one little tiny nugget from so many of these spec shows so far, and I'm sure it's not over, is many classes and specs either enjoy the fact that some Azerite traits are stackable, like you want to stack three, and others are now these like one-point wonders because how they stack isn't worth it. But then it goes back to the d design of Azerite in the first place by saying, why aren't they all just one-point wonders? Because those situations right there feels kind of bad. Like, I get asked a lot, can I play Primal Primer if I only have two Primal Primer? And I was like, well, the breakpoint is two, but you want three. And then that the, the, the players then translate that into like, okay, I can only play this if I have three. So I have to wait and get this one other shoulders that has Primal Primer on it. And I'm like, well, no, you can play it right now. But it's just, but they, again, it's like it's player mentality of having to make sure that they are at the level they should. If you only needed one of these traits to turn on this part of the build, that would be a huge quality of life. But then again, they made so many damn traits and they fight for the same slots and different pieces and all this stuff. But it's again, it's, it's Azerite's whole giant milkshake of disaster. Mm. Well, yeah, it's, I think, particularly bad um, for classes where they can't get anything good off the Azerite vendor, yeah. which I know is the case with, with a couple specs. But even for specs where you can get good stuff, if only one or two of your items are good in a given slot, you know, you're you're just praying every every time, every two or three weeks that you get the right item. And if you don't, yeah, what do you do? What do you do about that? Like if you can't get the three three X echoing blades or two X or something like that, you know, you're just not going to do really good AOE damage as assassination, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Mm -hmm. That's about why I think it's important that sorry uh, that mm -hmm. Azerite is is uh, accessible through raiding because we had BOD with nine Azerite pieces, three on each slot. And then, you know, Ulya was kind of bad in that sense because we only had like five items, I think, mm. from the raid. And then in, I mean, now in, in AP, we have what, like seven Azerite pieces again. I think that's just not enough. Like there just needs to be more, more options to get like Azerite, especially when, when there's a situation like now where four and plus for assassination, frankly, the, like not a single piece from, uh, out of the raid is usable. Yeah. Except for maybe one, and even that's not optimal. And that's a big, that's by far the biggest issue. It's not about Asa versus Outlaw. It's about like what gear can you get your hands on, and then you just play whatever you find more enjoyable, whatever you enjoy mo most, you're going to perform the best on. Doesn't matter if you play Outlaw, even though it's really good. If you don't like playing it, you're not going to perform at your best. So, rapid fire questions. Get some things here because I want to make sure we have some time to update on Outlaw. We've we've done a little bit of that. Koji has sprinkled that throughout the show. But do you? I actually edited my game files to turn this sound off. 
but do you miss the shink, 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 shink noise your vendetta used to make due to your artifact trait in Legion? Because I don't. But I also didn't hear it after I <laughs> manually edited my sound files. Did you guys leave that on for all of Legion? Flawless, did you always hear it? Or did you turn it off? Or you I don't, do I don't play with game sounds. That's what so I was about to say. I, I never heard it, but so people weird. would always complain about it. Yep. So I turned it off one pull, and no, nope, I literally just hit Control S instantly. I. That yeah. was so bad. That's real bad. Yeah, I, I also have my DBM set to turn off game sound on boss pulls. Really? So I only have like yeah prompts and weak auras and stuff. I can't play yeah. the game without game sounds. I feel so naked and alone. <laughs> You know, I used to feel that way, and there was something like I reached a point on Argus progression where I was like, I really needed to focus down on all the mechanics going on, and mm. I tried it, and I realized, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much, like, so many sounds from other players' abilities nowadays that it's just really distracting. It's very much like the particle effect issue. Yeah. Um, that... If it was just your sounds, I think it it would be nice, and I'd probably leave it on. But it's just a lot of clutter. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I think I stopped using in-game sounds when I repeatedly hit a button, and uh, the troll that I was playing would constantly tell me that I didn't have enough energy. Well, you could turn off error sounds, so, you madman. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what is this classic? It, it just felt error. easier. Add, a, add on to disable error sounds was, I think, one of the first things I ever installed in WoW. Yeah. Do you guys miss the ability to do, like, range damage because you don't have a range slot anymore? I know you have, like, Poison Blade, right? Poison Dagger. But you don't have, like, a gun or a bow anymore, right? Do you miss having a gun and or a bow? This is a classic tie-in. Hmm uh for flavor yeah i would say so like i kind of miss I, I mentioned it earlier like the the deadly throw the ranged finisher that was like really good because it interrupted targets as well so it also had like actual use in pvp and sometimes right. in PvE. uh so if it's if it's well thought out then i would definitely like to see it return but if it's just there for flavor then i don't think we'd ever be in a situation where we'd want to use it uh, unless it was kind of free damage, but right now just using, like, even if we're not in melee, we're not using our ranged ability unless we're actually overcapping energy. We're just standing there waiting, mm -hmm. uh, because it's just a DPS loss to, to use your ranged attack, uh, unless, yeah, you're overcapping energy. Otherwise okay. you'd rather wait until you can hit a target again. Yeah. I've hardly used it at all this tier. I mean, remember using it a fair bit on like Avatar or some of the Antorus fights where you were out of range a lot, but it's it's not very good. But I think, you know, Outlaw should have a ranged weapon slot for sure. Mm. Well, yeah. you do have your pistol. I mean, most of their damage comes from pistol abilities, yeah, either dead shot or between the eyes. So, it does, it I does, mean, it does. They probably use their weapon. They use their weapon more than Beast Mastery Hunters in theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's that's a that's a big sad bm hunter is in this slant somewhere so we'll 
we'll slot that in and we'll talk to them about their their current situation. Even though they have four button rotation now, I called it. Four buttons, huge pog. Yeah, it needs to be doable with the PlayStation and Xbox controller <laughs> once the game comes to console. Don't don't propagate that. It's not gonna happen. Even though it'd be fine if it did, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Looking for a few more. Unless uh, here, Koji, catch me up. Has anything changed? What are your findings for the outlaw rogue? I mean, sorry, the combat rogue. I mean, sorry. What are your the Azerite and essences and things of that nature? What is sort of the hierarchy you guys have found out? Has anything changed? We didn't. We haven't talked since March about the pirate. yeah. I mean, not not a whole lot. I think um, there have been some subtle shifts recently about using uh, deeper stratagem instead of vigor, and that's mostly because there's a lot of really passive sources of haste now with the, all the essences and essence procs and stuff like that. Oh. Outlaw is getting to the point where they, they overcap energy really easily. So Vigor has a pretty reduced value. And then that deeper stratagem thing, because we're able to go up to six combo points now, has made the um, the trait for Between the Eyes... Uh, its value is increased because that scales with combo points. So you have a higher chance of getting the combo point refund. You get more combo points from it. So there's been a subtle shift away from Deadshot over to the Ace talent, or Essence, sorry, and uh, Trait even. There's way too many mechanics. Uh, but <laughs> overall... No, but this game is like, super simple right now. <laughs> but overall, it's uh, more or less the same. The rotation is, is the same. There's some minor tweaks to roll the bone logic in AoE that we found. Uh, but it's super minor. Like, we're, we're only talk talking a couple percent for the min-max Mythic Plus types. Uh, but overall, it's, it's more or less the same. Uh, what it does mean, the good part, is that... Um, Ace Up Your Sleeve was kind of on the weaker side before. It was like an okay filler, and it's gone up to being kind of towards the, the top end uh, with Deadshot, which which gives Outlaw a lot of really good trait options on gear. And as was mentioned, a lot of the raid gear is set up in a way for them to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So um, Outlaw Azerite setups are pretty simple right now That's and easy, easy to obtain. It definitely didn't sound that simple at the beginning of the expansion, but then again, that was before all the stuff changed. I think in the notes, that was part of the... Because I started the show as like post-Old post Deer, so we hadn't gotten into the new phase of Azure and obviously Essences, so... All right. Yeah, and like, uh, Essences obviously are, are a big thing, and people ask about which ones they should use a lot. Uh, that's obviously a sim question, because a ton of the... Random procs and stat procs really depend on what stats you already have. Like a good example being, um, you know, there, there's various like haste procs versus crit procs or whatever, and yeah. that value is just going to change based on your your personal gear setup. So there really isn't a one size fits all answer for a lot of the essence stuff, other than the fact that condensed life force is really good. Um, but for the other ones that slot in, you know, I, I think there's a lot of really good options actually for both assassination and for outlaw. And a lot of these, you know, second and third slots can be interchanged depending on what type of fight you're you're on. 
Flawless, I'm going to have to have you jump on that soapbox. I know the chat's been giving you a little bit of guff here and there, but question-wise, we are definitely at time. So if you have anything you want to give in any wondrous bits of wisdom or any knowledge nuggets or anything you want to impart upon the community or put a moratorium on, this is your time, sir. Do you have anything you want to, to impart upon people listening here, YouTube, iTunes, etc.? Uh, what, like, plug here, I guess? It's is that, is that, that and whatever else you want to sort of end with. Do you have anything you need to get off your chest about the, the game, the spec in general, good or bad? This is your time. Uh, Soapbox it. I think right now, Rogue is in a very good spot, and I'm kind of happy with it. So, there's that. Um. I don't, I don't really have anything else, to be honest. Nothing. No. So What, what about a, a shout-out to the boys? Oh, that's that a shout-out to the boys. Shout-out to Soliathan, Koji, Ravenholt, and uh, my boy Rizzle for helping me get these screenshots. Ah. I had to duel him for like an hour to get one of the screenshots. Because, yeah, I... I wanted it for personal use as well as the show, so. Is that the one with you? Is it the cast of Toxic Blade by chance? Oh, and that actually wasn't Toxic Blade. That was DFA into Poison Bomb Pro. Oh, to have like the green swirlies on your daggers. Y yeah. That's in the thumbnail, so they'll see that on YouTube. That is in the thumbnail. There were some questions that came up about, like, what would these guests do to fix things or what are their BIS traits set up? Those are definitely, like, really simple either Twitter or Discord questions, I'm sure. So I'm going to ask them in their streams as well. That's why I wasn't, I'm just, like, ignoring you, chat. But those are, like, not questions we could have much of a discussion about. But if they're, like, a one-off, then you can find them elsewhere. But, uh, Sully, how about you? This is your soapbox. Do you have a little more than Flawless did, or... Uh, show, show them up. Just show them how to do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, Assassination is good. Uh, people have always been hyping the Outlaw in, in VFA or the Sub in, in Legion. And, I mean, you can still make it work if you put your mind to it. Rogue is incredibly complex, especially Assassination on multi-target. It's really fun. I can only recommend everyone giving it a shot. There's few other specs that have like the, the multi-dot in melee going on. Uh, and it's very rewarding if you do it right. And yeah, other than that, just a shout out to all the people that, you know, I can I can bounce ideas uh, with like Chizumi, Sebek, Flawless, obviously. And I wanted to say it at the beginning already, but also a big shout out to like all the theory crafters on Ravenhold. I think they're doing an incredible job. So Koji. Uh, Missler, and yeah, all the other guys that are constantly working on improving the the APL and everything, because it helps us a lot. Like, you know, we play the game and then we look at the numbers, but having like the the big brains supporting our decision or telling us that we're wrong, just makes us improve our like our gameplay even more. Serenius in mind. Oh, well, Serenius in chat said that Assassination is actually a B-tier spec for old people. I mean, sure. Then why do I constantly out-DPS him? 
Ooh. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Even Co though he's playing out. Oh. Koji, what do you <laughs> question marks in chat? Koji. Yeah, I mean, this this low APM, it's good for us old guys, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice being able to like type out entire sentences without losing any DPS. Well, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Come. We were we were joking about it earlier. I like I think I don't know how the other other specs are, but at least on like uh you know, when we get the decree saying, "Oh, you can't use anything twice in a row and we're like nah i'm good or use two mutilates in a row and it's like okay you expect me to care about not doing anything for four <laughs> seconds I, i'm not doing anything yeah. for four seconds anyway it's no big deal can we yeah. can we go back to how rogue used to play i'm gonna slap this up on stream real quick this is ascent's world first vanilla ragnaros i want you to to notice how slow the rotation is let me scroll down so you can see his hot bar because uh, there are moments in this fight, like right now, for example, where between energy regeneration, he is typing full-on sentences in chat. So... Nothing has changed. That's pretty much a normal, normal gameplay. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, assassination in Classic was like the quote-unquote fast spec Ooh. because it it had like the proc like the you know seal fate procs and the energy on finisher procs and stuff like that so okay. you could like go way faster than you know those gotta go fast combat players <laughs> <laughs> gotta go fast all right <laughs> well that you know that uh, <laughs> that's that i suppose i uh have to I pulled up the wrong song because I am a big dum dum. Where is here it is. But uh that's gonna do it. So chat, if you have any questions for our guests, of course, as I outro us here and push this little gray button. Where is it? That wait, there it is. That's gonna do it for the Assassination Rogue show. Of course, there'll be a little bit more show for those that are supporting the show directly over on Patreon. We'll sit down with the guests right after this and have a little bit of wrap down. I have a few questions that I'll ask them in that BTS podcast to keep the show going. So if you want to take a listen to that, of course, that's over. Links down below. It's the, the $2 tier on Patreon. You get like four more podcasts a month for helping me out me doing here directly. But around the table again, Flawless, thank you very much for your time today and the screenshots and uh, take a little bit of flack in chat. But you can go give him more of that on his Twitch page at Flawless Please. Or sorry, Plus. <laughs> Flawless Please. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, it was good. Well, if, if Paria didn't suggest you, I would have been like, who's this noob? 21 keys? <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> but at least you're not a one trick. Like this guy over here. There Disgusting. Is, yeah. There is Cellophane. Yeah. You can go. Now his Twitch is incarnated. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that an old yes. name? Uh, yeah. Pretty much one that, that I exclusively used when I was playing like Dota and Counter Strike. And Ooh. you know, when I play an RPG, I kind of wanna wanna have a name that's a little bit more, yeah, fantasy like. That's fair enough. Uh, I had to ask mm. him how to pronounce the dang name. I was gonna call him Celery from now on. So get that trend in Ravenholt. Well. That's fine as well. But yeah. 
Thank you for your time on the show. Thanks for having sure. me as well, obviously. Yeah, that was really good. And then Koji, did they say anything wrong today? Nah, they're all good. Okay. I like chatting with these guys. They're they're great, and uh, you know, like they were saying, the the theory crafting community on Ravenhold is really strong. But we get a lot of support from guys like this in the who are active in the channels and interacting with people, and also bringing up good stuff for us to look at. So I I mean I think the community as a whole functions really well, and it's a good good reason that like the rogue theory crafting is considered really accurate. So, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do that by ourselves. So it's great. It's definitely a huge community effort, of course. And again, shout out to Ravenholt. This is sitting over here on my other monitor. If you want to read all the bits and bobs, join the Discord, of course, for Ravenholt. And keep up to date with all the different informations there. But please check the pins. And But if you have questions for all the guests, they have the resources that are there. Their Twitch channels. Koji is only in Discord. Because he's old man status. You can't have the Twitters and the Instagrams and the, the book faces. Can't keep up with that, can you, Koji? Yeah, you know, I I would I would stream, but I just figure assassination is really boring to watch. <laughs> just be typing the whole time. It's really not that interesting. The idea is you just talk to chat instead of typing. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't have time for that. But next up, in some way, shape, or form, or organization we have fire mage because they're the hotness right now <laughs> get it i'll have a warlock spec i'm not sure what warlock spec wants to come on the show next it'll we had demonology earlier on already so you can go back and check out the demonology warlock show of course things have changed for them a little bit but we'll have either destruction or affliction we have a probably bm hunter because we might leave survival for later on in the expansion just for fun even though I might do survival in the middle because there are some very good survival hunter players out there right now that are pumping. They're doing crazy things. Survival is popping off right now. And then we'll have Vengeance Demon Hunter. That'll be a fun show to bring us to the next tank spec. And then most likely for our healers, we'll do Holy Paladins most likely because they have been in a interesting place right now. And we'll definitely talk to them about that and what place they have been in. But that's going to do it for this week. Thank you very much for watching. Tune in next week for Fire Mage or a Warlock or a Hunter. I'm not sure which one yet. I'll let you guys know on Twitter, at FinalBossTV. And of course, you can join my Discord server. Anyone can if you want to submit questions for upcoming shows. I do that, and I ping the general chat for that. But uh, trust in your coins or your Titan Residue rolls. Because lots of RNG in this game right now. Hope for sockets, I guess. Next, until next week, everyone. <sighs> bye. Wave. Wave bye, nice people. Bring up those dagger hands. Celery. Bye. Bring up the yeah. <laughs> bye bye.